This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 364 of She Podcast. I am your co-host, Jessica Kupferman. With me as always, the very silly and giggly Elsie Escobar, what who finds up? it amusing that we pretend to dance to our intro music so that we know when to come in. You know what would be talking. so hilarious is if we if we had somebody show up for the very first time watching us and they're and then we're both like dancing away and they're like it's, What the hell's happening? Are, are they, they having a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Why are we all dancing to Yeah. Anyway, that is oh weird that we would just be like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we're it is all right. it is bizarre. It is. So we have a an interesting show for you today. More data to cover today. Before we get into that, I want you to know that we're having a special for our event. And we haven't done an event update yet. It's only July 11th and it's in October, which feels far away. But guess what? It is not. It is not far away. It is very, very close. You may not think so, but my bank account disagrees. Okay? Because I'm having to pay for AV and t-shirts and food. And it would be awesome if those of you who are deciding to come to the event could just buy your ticket in July. So we've given you an incentive. There's a coupon code for $200 off the price. All you oh have God. to do is sign Hold up on. with buy in July. That is your code. Buy in July. You'll get $200 off. You can still split the payments into two, I believe. Whoa. You, okay. And listen. I'm not trying to micromanage you. I'm not. It's just that I am not a mind reader and I would like to plan this event with some kind of confidence that people will be there. And I'm not saying that they're not going to be there. After all, we have like 120 speakers. We do have tickets that are selling, but it's not all the tickets because all the tickets happen later. I want it now. Listen, if you want to bribe me in order to buy your ticket now, I am open to bribes. Just send me an email, jess at shepodcast.com. In other words, like, I'll buy my tickets now if you, and then just tell me what to do. I will do it. I can't think of much that I wouldn't do in order for you to buy the tickets in the next three weeks. So, All right. So where do they go? Shepodcastlive.com. Okay. Shepodcastlive.com. And then you can hit register here. It will take you to Reg Fox. Which, by the way, I've really enjoyed working with. They've been awesome. Hi, Sandra. First timer. Hello. Hey. It's so nice to see you. We're excited to have you. I'm so excited. And actually, I know you're not going to hear this, but some of you are watching live and I'm excited. So if you live in the Washington, D.C. area, we are going to do a site visit tomorrow. And we are having a party at the Wharf yeah. in D.C. tomorrow night at Tiki TNT. Why? Because Jen Fallick Reigns cannot say no to a tiki bar. She's no, a, she loves she it. She's a tiki problem. And who could blame her? They're super fun. In fact, this particular party, I believe, is going to have frozen rum and cokes, y'all. <gasps> Whoop! So I'm pretty excited because I've never had that and rum's my jam. 
Oh my God. All right. Yeah. Frozen rum and cokes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, ShePodcastLive.com. And then obviously, I mean, honestly, we can just, we can just roll right into it, Miss Elsie. Let's do it. Unless you, yeah, let's go. All right. So we are going to be discussing the primary bulk of the content is a study that was put on by The Tilt. Thank you, The Tilt. Tilt. You can find, there's going to be a link in the show notes, uh, by the way, so that you're able to kind of check out what the, what the main findings of this, which is the twin, it's the content entrepreneur benchmark research. Super interesting. Why? Why do we care about content entrepreneurs, you guys? Do you know? I'll tell you why. It's because if you want to make any money in your podcast, boom, you're immediately a content entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. That's your jam. That's what you are. That's you. That's your biz. That's your biz niche. You're a content entrepreneur. Patrick says, I've rediscovered gin. I've discovered it and then buried it because it tastes like ball sacks. That's oh why I hate gin. All right. So, so much. here, look, look at All this. Right. I put it up on the screen for you so that you can see. Elsie made a pretty video. Look at you, Elsie. Here. Look at even... me. There it oh is. My God. Just take us. Oh, no. I mean, maybe they there we go. Us. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. 2022 Content Entrepreneur Benchmark Research. And as you know, we make data fascinating. Uh, yes, absolutely. But it's got all kinds of really incredible little, um, what do you call these things with all the pictures? <laughs> Infographics is what that's right. <laughs> Infographics. <laughs> I love that one of my many responsibilities at She Podcast <laughs> is interpreting what Elsie is trying to say. I feel yes. very proud that I get it like 90% of the time. I get yes. it. I know what she's trying to say. I mean, infographics was an easy one, but I get them with very few words and and even no context sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> this time there was context. So I think I don't that, feel this, that there is context. It. And mind you, I think that that's what you get after, you know, we've been together for so long now, Jess, that you now know it's true. how to do that. But yeah. um, given here, this is actually... So content creators is anyone who creates content as their core business offering or or at least something that's guiding or, or like a funnel of some kind for any money that they're making online. There's actually some jargon here if you want to learn it. UGC, user generated content. If you're a mm. youth, they call it a UGC business person or you have a UGC business or UGC creator. It means you're it's user generated content, which is, I mean, basically what pod what Basically totally. Do. I don't know why it's jargon, but th- it is. Okay. But look at this right here. Look at this. I think this was something that I'm I'm like, oh, I'm going to use this with anybody who asks me about when they create their podcast and then they want to make money from their podcast. It takes full-time creators, full-time, y'all, full-time, full-time creators, 17 months to become self-supporting. And then they break down the, the timeline even more there where it says... On average, it takes just over six months for a full-time content creator to make their first dollar, right? So that's, it's a dollar, one dollar, then 10 plus months to be self-supporting. And our research shows that they make their first hire about the 24th month mark. Now, you have to remember that it says here, full-time creators, right? Full-time creators, And then they break it down here when you look at the financial maturity for those of you who are watching us live, which we're now streaming live to Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. If you look at the side gig, right? 
not earning money yet, 11% of the full-time, and then 42% of the side gig. Early revenue earns money, but not enough to support one person. 53% in terms of the side gig and 36% early revenue for a full-time. Now, when it comes to like supporting one person, a solopreneur, and then it goes down to like 4%. And then, oh my God, look at this. As a side gig. As a a side gig. Yeah. If you're a full-time person, you don't really start making money and, you know, and well, yeah, for a while, but side gigs make it even longer. But that said, this is for people, I think, who are starting from scratch. If you already have some type of community, obviously could take you less. Also, if you're hilarious or controversial or gorgeous, that could... (laughs) all change the numbers yes. to be different. Totally. Or not gorgeous or the opposite. <laughs> you know. Or the opposite. Now we have, they broke down content creators, business goals by gender. So these are the goals, not necessarily what it is that they want to do, right? So for female, there's 13% and male are both are in the 13% of being a hobbyist. Then the females actually go really high at 44% for be a solopreneur versus the male at 33% because the males make that up by going all in on a small business Mm -hmm. at 42% and female at 34% for a small business. And then that actually even goes farther on into a large business. So it looks to me large business, meaning 30% male, 9% female. This kind of just speaks to the fact that a lot of, at least in terms of gender, uh, this information that it shows here, that it looks like, you know, a lot of women tend to not go like, let's make it a business. Let's make it big. Let's have a big business. Whereas the men seem to be a little bit more into like small business versus solopreneur kind of a thing. Even so, I mean, it's hard to pursue big business as a content generator. That's true. Probably a lot of people go into it thinking, I'm going to be really famous, but that's still not big business. That's still solopreneurism. Big Mm -hmm. business is like, oh, maybe they want to have like an Etsy. I mean, it depends. Some people have gotten big business being a content creator by, you know, like with Etsy stuff or with showing, you know, what they do in different ways. And here, like the top channels uh, content creators use to reach their audiences, you can see it is incredibly heavily pushed out to the side with social media being 77% being used essentially by almost everyone. And then the interesting thing here is that they broke this down in generations, moving from Gen Z all the way to the boomers. The thing that Gen Z's least use to promote, obviously, their own content is print media, which makes sense. Guess what boomers use the most? What do boomers use the most? I mean, actually, they use social media the they most. They use social media. Yeah, social media. They are the section that uses the most print media. Let's just yeah, say. absolutely. And then Gen X after that, because we don't learn our lessons, I guess. And then, <laughs> and then millennials and then Generation Z. I think that what really kind of breaks my heart just a tiny little bit is that I'm still a big believer of the whole blog on my website business, whereas really just Gen X and boomers are really all in on that. And Gen Z is so not. You know why? Because I don't think they've experienced. They don't. I don't think they even know what it is the to scary have their own mommy, website. Mashable and scary mommy. Like those sites now come in like 
post and meme form to them. They don't know what it's like to have like a news curator of RSS feeds that feed you articles all day the way we used to. So that's probably why. Just culturally, that's not in their nature, I don't think. I mean, just looking at this chart, I mean, if everybody, if all of you all could see us live. And actually you can, if you head over to, I mean, obviously any of our channels to check us out, but you'll see a link in the show notes to this exact study. So you can just download it for yourself and then refer back to it when you're ready. But one of the really astounding things here is that almost every generation, I would say, really diversifies how they promote their business versus Gen Z, which really is heavily in social media. Like that's about the extent of it. They don't do online events. They don't teach. They don't do in-person events. They do a little bit of podcasting here and there, which is almost in line with email newsletters and blogs on the website. And that's it. That's where everyone is. Everyone's on social media. So what does that mean for us in the future? It means that you're going to be sad because everyone is on social media just like they were 10 years ago, which I've been trying to tell you, you cannot escape. You have to go along with it. It's like acting like you don't want a television. How do we feel about people that say they don't want a television now? If you tell me you don't have a television in your house, most people who say that act like I'm supposed to be impressed. I am not. I feel sad. Well, listen, you know what? I think our television is about to die. And I don't, I'm not. You have iPads and computers though. You know what I'm talking about. Well, this is what I'm saying. So like for me, for me in our household, I actually feel that we could survive without the TV because my children consume their content on their iPads. I consume my content on my iPad. And when we get together now, I can just grab one of these computer screens and we can stick the Apple TV in it. And boom, there we have it. Like we have it. is. You have the entertainment. Right. People who say, I don't have a TV are saying, I don't need that to entertain me. Like people who say, I don't want social media. It's sad because they're, I mean, even my husband is like this. He doesn't go on social media. He he says it stresses him out. But the truth is he misses a lot. He misses a lot of news. I mean, he doesn't want the news, which is why he's not on social media. But he misses a lot of news. He misses a lot of like family update. I don't know. I don't like it either. I just think everyone's there. So we have to. I'm still not going to, honestly, we can have this conversation. We're not talking about that right now. We're looking at these other, this other graph with bubbles. All right. Show me the bubbles. This one is the monetization channel. So this is how uh, online creators or these creators make the majority of their money. So the biggest bubble. Okay, so that how do you make money as a content entrepreneur? This is what page six of the PDF in our show notes is telling you in case you yes. didn't know where we were. So we are looking at a 60% of the majority of money really is done via consulting and coaching. And the next largest bubble is at 39% at online courses slash workshops. So that's that's what depresses me. (laughs) It does. I know. Because I don't want to be a coach per se. I know, but you're not. Are you? What? Depressed? Well... (laughs) Am I what? I mean, no. Are you? I'm telling you, these are the long. You're not doing either of these things just because the data is there. In fact, live events is right there at 15%. So you're part of that, of the 15%. Come on now. This data says that membership 17%, live events 15%. What it's saying is we're dumb pursuing those avenues when clearly most people make money coaching and having online courses. Exactly. But that doesn't mean that they didn't, you know what I mean? That's the easiest route 
to making money is that the majority of people will after go. After that's yeah, books. Hey. After that's books. Another thing we've never done. Books. If, yeah, that's a lot. Speaking fees, affiliate marketing. Yeah, those are okay. We do. Yeah. There's merchandising. But look at the tiny little circle down there. That's NFTs. NFTs. <laughs> 1%. That Maybe that'll change. Maybe it won't. And then there's like, what the heck are social tokens? That's at 2%. What is tokens that? Tokens are, you know, similar to NFTs probably. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. TikTok allows you to gift. Buy oh, gifts and like okay. give someone a duck or a heart or whatever. And okay. They turn that into money somehow. All right, then. Well, then we have it. Oh, my goodness. Look at this. So let's look at this at the stages of running a content business. Stage one, defining it. Okay. Stage two, building it. And stage three, scaling it. Mm-hmm. Already then. Okay. We know that. Nothing shocking there. Nothing shocking. <laughs> well, no, I think that there were. <laughs> Thank you for that- the insight. <laughs> Building it? What? Scaling it? No way. <laughs> All right. So here's here's a good one, though. Look at this. This is the creator challenges part-time versus full-time. And mm, that's interesting. you can see that the largest gaps between part-time and full-time creators, meaning like the biggest challenge for part-timers is publishing regularly, which is I feel like our entire Chi podcast group would nod their head. I mean, uh-huh. actually, the biggest uh-huh. thing is for everyone, which is making sure your content's found. But next to that, it's interesting that part-time oh. people can't publish regularly because it's not the problem of the full-time content correct. creator. Yes, the next yes. biggest problem of the full-timer is monetizing. Of the part-timer. Of the part-timer. I know, I know. I'm oh, saying oh. in comparison. I was comparing. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. They have different challenges that are more important than monetization and marketing, which is mm. finding a niche and doing it in a regular and doing it regularly to which Rafi says, hence the pod fading in our world. Well, yes, correct. And especially because of the part timers, right? Because they're part time. And so I feel like because they're part time, it's, it takes a longer amount of time to get settled into what that looks like for you on the daily. And there, and sometimes you just get beat <laughs> by it. But if you're full time, Publishing regularly and being able to find the niche really squashes into a smaller time frame. That's what you're doing every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know that if, if I were creating just if, if she podcast content was my all day, every day, there was nothing else, including no children. If it was my full time all day, every day, I am. Oh, almost- we could all retire. I assure you. <laughs> I think about 99% sure I would be creating content daily. I would be daily creating content. That would be the last thing that would be hard for me to do would be the content making. But yeah, you're right. Like the the biggest, I think, challenge for the full timer. Making the content found and then making money. That's right. And making money. Both of those two things. Yeah, for sure. It makes sense. depressing this study i'm getting depressed why is it depressing no it just makes you feel that it's no oh look at this how much do creators make average revenue less than a hundred thousand a year so depressing median revenue is fifty thousand oh my god this is so depressing do you not see that no what are we doing with our lives no regrets no boss see but see this is what it is 
Here's the key, Jess, because we we I was just asking you this question because I was asking you on the relation on the on the point of like, would you, you want to be hired or you know all that kind of stuff working at a business? But now, like this is literally what it is that a lot of people don't have any regrets to do this because they want flexible hours. Like eighty percent of people want that. They want the independence. They enjoy their work. And they get an opportunity to challenge themselves and pursue their passions. And I think that the flexibility of hours is a thing that really creates the full-time thing, plus that independence aspect of it. It seems like that trifecta, enjoying the work, flexible hours, independence is like the biggest drivers to full-time content creators. Uh, This is an interesting study, but here's the thing. There are so many people that became famous and successful during a time when they didn't have anything else to do and we didn't have anything else to do but watch. And now that that's changing, this study sort of shows me that like, it's not just a lot of work to be a content creator, but like, it is kind of a thankless job, let's be honest. Not podcasting per se, but this is not a podcasting study. This is a study about people who make money just creating content. Creating content, correct. It makes me wonder why I'm trying to create content for our channels when that's not really how we make money. We make money doing this other stuff. I mean, I know that the content leads to the other stuff. And in fact, membership is the thing on that list that I think our content will help us build. But I mean, oh, look, it says three and four creators who have a membership are monetizing it. Well, that's a little less depressing. That makes me feel good. Okay, so I'm glad you moved on. Thank you. I was starting to like question my reason for living. Yeah, um, absolutely. There we have advice for content creators and would-be creators. Build oh, an entrepreneur's mindset. Yeah. Plan your runway so it'll take a while. Yeah. Moderate your financial expectations because, of course. As in have none. Don't have any <laughs> financial expectations. Oh, look at this one. At Number all. four is really great. Look at this, Jess. Take Ooh. a master class in monetization. Yeah. Because I think that a lot of creators come into the scene thinking that it's just going to magically expand. And there's a lot of um, education that I feel a lot of new content creators getting into the game don't really know. And the last one is an interesting bit. Embrace Web3 channels and strategies. Ooh, do you guys know what Web3 is? And do you know what Web3 is, is Miss Elsie? Well, I'm confused by Web3 because... It says, in a Web3 world, content creators gain control by owning the channels that connect their audience to their business. Email, newsletters, turning the audience into a community, using NFTs to sell their content. That's the new thing right now, but it also includes the metaverse and selling classes in the metaverse and being in the metaverse and meeting your audience in the metaverse because that's the kind of stuff that like John built a a podcast studio and you're going to be able to, I mean, it's sort of like, what can you do in there right now? You can meet someone in there and record. And as long as you've set this setup here that we have, it does seem like you're in the same studio as your cartoon character. The mics don't work, obviously, because how could they? They're fake. But Web3 is sort of like, yeah, so Carrie is saying, okay, but how? How do you do it? Yeah, yeah, how, how? And I think that that's the that's We're the still thing learning that- how, to be honest. I agree. I'm going to, sorry to make people dizzy. I don't know about dizzy. NFTs. I was getting really into NFTs and now I'm sort of like pivoted a little away from it because of how blockchain tanked a couple of weeks ago. And I yeah. mean, I know it's coming back a little bit because really the whole 
thing, all of Wall Street, everything tanked. But Bitcoin in particular tanked the big one. So it made me kind of nervous. Like maybe I shouldn't focus on NFT since, I mean, I have no idea how it's going to go. I totally am not into that at all. I think that part of whatever this is, is like the reason I said to you, I I didn't want to explain it is because my understanding of Web3 is incredibly nebulous in the scope of how people are describing it and what it actually means. And there are so many different layers to it that I'm just like, what? This is the first time that I've heard Web3 as being launch email newsletters for which they own and control the contact list. Like It says, in this new era, con- creators use intermediary platforms like TikTok, Instagram, right. to market their content businesses, to find and grow their audiences and move them into their owned channels by using blockchain to build their own communities, not just followers. They can de-risk the investment. See, I... I'm not sure what I just said exactly. Yeah, neither do I. I don't understand why this would be a thing. Is that community on Discord? Because you don't own that either. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like there's a lot of different ways. There's another platform that I'm really curious about is micro.blog, which is it's sort of a mixture between having a obviously a microblog, a small little tiny bits of content that you publish and Social. Wait, so this is exactly what Facebook was in 2008. What I'm saying to you, though, that this is another iteration of the same thing that's already happened that now has gotten so big, because what people are trying to do is get the things that are annoying about all the platforms and create something different that doesn't have that. So micro.blog right now, one of the biggest things that they bring is that the algorithm is not there. That means whoever you follow gets to see all of your content and whatever you put out is in front of them. Because what happens on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram is you publish stuff and you just hope that the algorithm works and people see it. And you are constantly trying to negotiate what that is. The other thing that micro.blog does not have is there's no ads. You're just looking at their content. You go in there, you look at the content, you're done. That's it. People are wanting to go back to that. And in those platforms, they're also offering these other layers of things to do. I don't know. It's like people are going all the way back to do really interesting things. So there's another social media platform, Jessica, that I have not told you about. Oh, really? That I, of course, because one of the reasons that I don't like social is because it feels there's too many things about it that I really dislike. I don't want to get into it. But I did join another social media You did what? I did. I joined another one, but I joined it because it's incredibly interesting. What is it? It's called Be Real. I know Be Real. Be Real. It's an app. Okay. (laughs) You spell it B-E-R-E dot A-L because that's not annoying. Yeah, it's Be Real. Okay. Your friends for real. And so what this is all about is I'm going to read the the stuff that it says on here. So every day at a different time, everyone is notified simultaneously to capture and share a photo in two minutes. And then after that, what you do is like you literally get the notification. It pops into your phone and wherever you are, obviously you can post it later. So it's not like you have to do it right now. But the idea of everyone taking a picture of themselves at the same time and then sharing it, that's the fun part about it. Now, 
it takes a picture on both sides of your phone. So if you're taking oh a picture of your of a selfie, it also takes a picture of the opposite way. And then if you're sa- taking a picture of what you see, it also takes a picture of you. There are no filters. Okay. There are no filters. There's no way for you to look pretty. I'm downloading it. There's no way for you to make yourself look nice in this thing at all. There's no anything other than what you have. And get this. The only way that you can see your friends be real is if you take a be real. You can't lurk. You have to post. So you have to participate. And it's also private. So there's times that you can share your be real and not have it shown up anywhere. (laughs) Rafi says, my gray hair is not interested. Yeah. The reason that I like it is because it is not filtered because most pictures look awful. It's not cute. It's really hard to take up like the it's, it's very strange the way you put the stuff out there. I like the privacy aspect of it. If you don't want everybody to see your photo, you don't have to have everybody see your photo. Only your friends can see your photo. And just the fact that you have to share in order for you to watch, to see people's pictures. I think that that's kind of cool too. And I like that because it's not about, look at me, look at me. And there's something neat about seeing everybody else at the same time, taking a picture. I have friends on there already that are more than just you. I can't believe it. And so it's really neat. I think I I like it a lot. And the things go away. So it's not like you can't just go into somebody's thing and just start browsing their stuff. I really dig it. I really like Be Real. I think it's nice. And it never takes good pictures. Just to let you know, the pictures are horrendous. This is the worst picture ever taken of me. Any selfies that you take in Be Real are going to be the ugliest pictures you've ever taken in your life. This is humiliating. It's horrible. There's, it's really hard to take a big, a good picture in Be Real. So I've okay. learned to kind of like angle it away from my face because I'm scary most of the time. So. <laughs> oh, my God. It is nutty. Nutty, nutty, nut. But to bring us back to the content creation uh, slash social media interaction, I really dig when apps are trying to figure out and doing things in a different way then they've been doing it and how to then merge our desire to not only connect with each other virtually, but also keep our ability to stay private. And also, and this is the kicker for me and why I really do like Be Real, that it doesn't pretend you cannot be more than who you are in that app. Like it really is hard for you to pretend to be doing anything else because you can't angle the pictures properly. No, you're you're you always going to look like you do and you have to Hell. just deal with it. And that's just the way it is. And it's really nice to see the pictures that everybody else is. Putting All right. Out. I say everybody join today and friend me and Elsie so you can see the disaster I just posted. Oh. And now I see my friend Melissa Brilliant who posted a disaster earlier. That should be really fun. I found it to be like so super cute. And look at you. Yay. I see the yeah. reels. Thanks, look at Missy. this. I right, know. So I love Missy it. on there too. <laughs> Melissa Brilliant. I see the appeal in that you can't fuss. You can't fluff. Right. You just are, you just are doing what you're doing. Regardless of how terrible, how yeah. unmaked, how chaotic. And some of the stuff that's posted is... A little chaotic from what I see, but it seems fun. All right, so let's give that a try as a group, shall we? And talk about how we like it next week. That should be fun. 
For sure. I think it'll be really nice to be able to check it out. And it's also very Gen Z focused. So it's very young. More young people are using it than obviously the older folks, because again, I think what's happening with the Gen Z generation too, is that they are also getting really sick of having to be on and be so beautifully curated. Like Instagram, right? Because in Instagram, you always have to be going like, oh my God, I have to look so pretty and I got to do the thing. And then this is just great because you could just take a picture of what you're doing and you get to to actually see the reality of who people are versus the curation of like looking so cute with the fish lips and crap. We don't have that. No, we don't. It's very nice. So I have a couple of tips. So it's a little bit of um, some tool tips. Elsie's tool tips. Here's one that I've got that I found. This is, I don't even know where I found this actually. This is called a sentence rephraser. I haven't used it yet, but I thought, oh my God, this would be the one of the coolest things for folks to use, especially like me, because I tend to often get stuck on when I'm doing some things. This this thing is really where you you literally write a sentence that you have been using over and over again and it will rephrase it for you. Okay. That's it. That's it. D- does it improve it though? I don't know. I haven't used it yet, but I Danger. kind of really dig it. I think this is great. Okay, so how let's improve something that you said. Okay, what? L- let me write it in and see what happens. Okay, so tell me something that I said. What would I say? What- Let's say, I'm not sure I can make that time. Okay, let's see. <laughs> I don't know I don't if I know have time. If I'm I'm I have sure time. About- All right. I don't think I have time. Not sure I've got time. I'm not sure I have a chance. <laughs> How about, let's do a hard one. How about, okay. I don't know if I love you. <gasps> okay, I know. I let's see if it can tell me how to. Not that I'm questioning it, but I mean that's a hard thing to say. So let's see if we can improve on that, shall we? Okay. Okay. Ooh. I don't know how much I like you. <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know about, about you. you. That's a good one. That would be an improvement over. I don't know if I love you. Yeah. I can't, I can't tell, tell if I love if you. I love you. I can't say I love you is probably the best. Oh, I have no idea if I like you. <laughs> I like, I can't say I love you because you're really saying nothing at all with that statement. You're not saying you do or you don't, just that you can't say it out loud, which means literally nothing. (laughs) Hey, listen. So now we know it's like the source for full sentences. So I'm into that. You're welcome. I often want to know an alternate saying than the saying I'm thinking of. So that that would be useful for that, like cat got your tongue or something like I would. Yes, or something like that. You don't want it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Now I would like to share with you guys in something that I saw on Twitter a while ago. It was kind of, I'm an information sucker. Like I'm like, you know, and I just like all the information comes in my head. And I just saw the first review for this camera. I literally almost bought it sight unseen, unreleased. That's very unlike you. It's very unlike me. I almost bought it. But then I'm like, you know, I don't know if it's going to be like a good camera and I don't want to spend the money. 
But so here's a review. This is one of my favorite websites, everybody. It is called The Sweet Setup. It's uh, one of my favorite productivity websites, really based. The Sweet Setup is awesome. I love The Sweet Setup. So the camera is this. It's the Opal C1-A. It has actually not been released just yet, but it is a webcam that is about, it, did I tell you how much it was? It was $300. That's how much they're selling it for. Which isn't bad for webcam. So the camera is right here. Uh, why not use the iPhone? They basically have all that stuff, but it's this little tiny camera that has the ability to look as if it's a one of those really super fancy DSLR cameras. And it has built-in software where you can adjust all kinds of stuff on the camera. So you get an opportunity to look as fancy as we do during some of our videos where it has that bokeh effect, which is like, you know, you can see the person really crisp front and then it blurs the background and stuff. So you are able to do all kinds of really different things in terms of the way that you take your pictures and you're able to, I think that it also, you can export out some really fun gifts and things. Interestingly enough on the website, it says that can it really replace a DSLR? And the short answer is probably. So Whoa. I think that this is one of those cameras that is worth a second look. Look at this. I guess this is a Canon 7D. There's a picture of my... Is, is this he making a face or does he look like that? He looks like that. That's a shame. And here's the same shot running through Opal C1. So it's like this you can see that it's... Wait, Molly wants to know what it's called. The site is the sweet setup. Yeah, the site is the sweet setup. Yeah, the camera is the Opal Opal C1. C1. It has not been released yet. I'm going to skip all the way to the top and maybe um, I can take you to a different website so that you can see. So you still have to reserve the camera. You can't buy it yet. But look at how fancy the website is. The we so the website, and you can get it in black or white, of course. Black or white? Black or white. I'm not sure what I think about the shape of it, of the camera, like the actual design. I would like to see, it seems a little weird to me, the design of it. But I believe that it has really great microphones and all that kind of stuff. And you can just stick it to your webcam. So that's something that I feel is going to be very helpful. And I probably are going to have it. I think I might, after I see a lot of the reviews on that, I might have that be one of my holiday wish lists items because for a creator, instead of investing so much money on a fancy camera, right? Because because even with the one that we got, Jessica, like the, I guess the basic, you, you literally, it's like it's $6.99 just for the case, just for the camera, okay. not for the lens. The lenses are anything from $200 to, you know, however, thousands of dollars. So I would think a basic thing that you have to do is like, it's a thousand dollars to invest in your camera. This will actually take away all of that stuff and you'll be able to carry it around with you and put it, you know, take it with you wherever you go, put it on your camera. So I think it's a good choice for um, something if you want to up-level your, your webcam. So yeah, check that out. Webcams are rough, man. They don't, yeah, it's good to have a good one, I think. Yeah. And it seems yeah. like a good price point, although it's still it's still going to be a little hefty for some folks. It's it's three hundred dollars. Oh, speaking of, though, Jess, I was thinking we could reach out to them and have oh. them be a sponsor for She Podcast Live. 
and see if they would like to release some of their cameras, have them be giveaways for us. Ooh, good idea. We have to tell Margie, but that's a great idea. Yeah, I think that would be really great because they're just getting started and just say like, hey, we have a lot of really incredible content creators who are now really diving into doing video, video podcasting for like we can totally sell it to them. We have the perfect, look at Molly, pick me. Um, me. <laughs> we have the perfect audience for them because our folks are always looking to up level, but not spend all the money in the world. And I think that this is a really good middle of the road to take a little bit of a step into that direction and really up level their video. So anyway. Thank you. That's amazing. You're welcome. You're welcome. Amazing. I think all that's right. it on my end, dude. I think I'm done. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much. Well, yeah, you could totally send one of those to clients to care about how they look, Molly. That's a really good idea. That is a really good idea. I know. And it seems like that would be really great. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Good call there. Very good call. I guess we can wrap up. Thank you guys for being here with us live. We had a bigger audience than normal. I think it was the LinkedIn. I hope so. Anyway, I know. I'm going to try and look that at again. this. Just a quickie reminder, everybody. Quickie reminder for the coupon, right, Jessica? Yes. Buy your tickets to She Podcast Live when you can now <laughs> and get between now and August 1st. Buy in July. You get $200 off the ticket but it will not last. So please grab your tickets now, ShePodcastLive.com. If you want to find today's show notes, you can find them on ShePodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at ShePodcast and LinkedIn as well at ShePodcasts. And other than that, we will see you in about a week. Thank you so much for being with us today. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye.